I will never write a single line which I have not first felt in my own heart. He'll teach you everything. Truer words were never spoken. All right. Language and writing were made available. I'm writing this down. This is good stuff. It's me. Hi. It's me. It's John. This is John Helps You Write Better. Let's go write better. Okay, wait. First, I'm first I'm going to get some caffeine and then I'm coming back and then we're going to write better. Okay, be right there. Hang on. All right, now fully caffeinated and empowered, here we go. I want to pick up from our conversation from yesterday and just sort of carry forward. Yesterday, if you haven't listened to yesterday's episode, go backwards and listen to yesterday's episode. But if you haven't, here's the short version. There's a book by Rebecca Yaros called Fourth Wing, which has been the subject of much discussion for most of the wrong reasons. I don't really know the book. I don't really care about this lady. I don't want to know this lady. I don't want to know the book particularly. But the manufacturer around this book and the, the hubbub and hullabaloo around this book are not great because they represent sort of the low ball effort to produce the least quality possible that will guarantee the system still works. If I print the book poorly, flipping pages around, badly formatting it, just physically manufacturing a thing wrong, what's the the least amount of wrong I can get away with in order for the hype machine to still work, for people to still buy it, and for book talk and other platforms of book discussion to engage with it? That's That's what we argued yesterday. It sucks. It's it's a real problem. And I think from this point forward, it's only going to happen more often and in worse cases. Because from a publishing perspective, performing the least amount of quality control maximizes profit by reducing expense. If I can get away with doing something on the cheap and you'll still have the same response to something if I went fancy, why should I bother spending the money on fancy because you'll you'll eat it all the same. You'll you'll in, you know enjoy. I'm making air quotes. You'll enjoy it all the same, and that way I can keep my money for me. Because that's the whole point of capitalism, I guess, is for everybody to just have money, as opposed to you know there being art in the world. But today, uh, I want to talk about that art. I want to talk about um, sort of a solution through this whole mess. Because we didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday because I got talking about money. Here comes the other half of that conversation. I don't know this lady. I don't know Rebecca Yaros. We've never spoken. I wouldn't know how to reach her. Uh, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't I don't care if she's nice or not nice or, or I don't care. It does not occur to me. What I do care about is the response people give her work because it's homogenous and that concerns me what homogeneity in response is often a problem because if everybody's liking the same things to the same degree or more or less the same degree my first thought is not oh this must be a good thing it's that um, people don't know how to distinguish the parts they like so they they have sort of a monkey see, monkey do reaction. They decide they're going to buy a book. 
they see the re- they see reviews or whatever, and the reviews highlight one, two, three items, whatever the hell they are, characters, uh, description, maybe the romance subplot, whatever the hell it might be. And because they're, they're already primed to look for those things and see them as positives because other people saw them as positives, they are more likely to be positive about them themselves. And what that does over time, and it doesn't matter if they're romances or we're talking about action scenes or descriptions of cows or anything. The, the thing itself doesn't matter. What matters is that now everybody's primed by this sort of feedback loop of, I like A, B, and C. You like A, B, and C. This third person likes A, B, and C. And what happens is that along the way, you lose the ability to be critical. It's one thing if you don't want to be critical or you just want to like snark or you just want to like point out that the the publisher cheaped out and they fucked up the printing and oh my God, and can you believe the price of this book because they doodled on the edges of the pages or whatever horseshit it is. But if, if you if you want to stay there at that surface level and somehow foster some kind of influencer perspective because you become the global authority on paper doodles. Um, I thank you for your service. Good job, but you're fucking wasting everybody's time because the point of art is not to look at it and go, ah, yes, paper. The point of art is to be able to evaluate it, to think critically. And all these people who like A, B, and C, even if they just shuffle the reasons around A, B, and C, uh, they're not being critical homogeneity in response removes criticality and it becomes more an exercise in, Hey, don't you want to be part of the group? And this is where TikTok profits for lack of a better verb, because they want to create just a million groups, a million us's for a million thems. And we lose the ability to discern for ourselves what we like and what we don't like. And it isn't just a matter of, I don't like B and C, but I like A. It's not just vaguely sticking out from the norm. It's the ability to deconstruct and be challenged by our art. And this has two parts to it. One, there's our ability as consumer of this art to really sit with it and see how it makes us feel and be honest about the degree it makes us feel it. All those people who get on the internet and talk about how they're screaming, crying, throwing up, OMG, I am living for this book. Their, their life support systems are not maintained by this story. They are not vomiting because they read a paragraph. They are not literally screaming at the top of their voice, straining their vocal cords to tell you that they just laughed at a joke. These are not things they're doing. They're using hyperbolic language to illustrate conformity of opinion. It's not critical It's just fucking bullshit. From a reader perspective, we have an obligation to be challenged by our art, which means we need to go into it not with a preconceived notion that art has to be a certain way or that we have to go along with the herd or anything like that. We have to come to art with a fairly blank slate and let the impression strike us. And 
If it doesn't, we have to remark on it and we have to think critically about why we tend to go for this sort of media where maybe we're not challenged enough. Why do I always like the movie where The Rock is The Rock and Ryan Reynolds is always Ryan Reynoldsing all over the place? Why do I like safe media? Is it because I'm afraid of feelings or is it because I'm just lazy and this is the first thing that pops up on my streaming recommendations? You've got to be willing to look at yourself. Your art, whether we're talking about statues, paintings, porn, poetry, uh, other art forms that don't start with P, uh, if, if you're not willing to look at that stuff and then look at yourself because of it, you're missing a significant part of the value of art. It isn't just about, yeah, I read that thing like we're ticking a box. This is your chance to really say, I read this thing and it stirred something in me. It affected me. It changed the way I live my life. It made me feel differently about heroism and valor and courage and love and honesty and connection and compassion and these very deep core things that allow us to connect to other people beyond just clicking a little heart or a little thumb on our phone. We should be doing that through our art. We should be looking and saying, ah, I'm a Star Wars fan. You're a Star Wars fan. What is it about Star Wars that you like? And don't tolerate just a conversation about space wizards with laser swords, but really go in and look at the ideas of fascism, terrorism, oppression, hope, heroism, family, naming conventions, uh, Wookiees, like we should be looking at deeper things and pressing ourselves to be more contentious, more informed, more willing to be challenged because it will make our consumption of media more interesting for us so that we're not so passive about everything. That's half of the issue. The other half is we need to demand better from the producers of that art. I'm not talking just about the publisher making sure that the, you know, the printing doesn't suck. I mean the artist, the writer, the maker of the thing. You need to be more assertive in your want for more from them. Do not accept, do not tolerate weaker effort that just engages at a surface level and is tokenly popular oh my god it's another love story between two people who shouldn't be getting together it's another enemies to friends lovers arc it's another you know two people of prophecy who shouldn't get along and then all of a sudden do and throw the whole thing off it's another fantasy story built around some other appropriation it's another you know culture that we're totally like cribbing because we can vaguely trace genealogy to it so it must be okay it's another fantasy story about yet another fellowship doing yet another fetch quest it's another space opera where everybody's just trying to fight the big single bad force over and over the same story that doesn't necessarily get plumbed to new depth it merely gets reskinned. these are the things we need to do better with and you need to ask for better from the people who produce art and if you're one of those people who produces art you need to fucking do better don't just, I'm going to make the X-Men and file the serial numbers off. That's lazy. GTDFO. Do better than that. What are you saying about the X-Men? Are we taking the LGBTQ plus stand with the X-Men? Are we taking the you know racial minority stand with the X-Men? Are we taking just the concept of othering? Are we going to make some erotica that really challenges 
the way we perceive the, the notion of villainy and monsters? Are we going to make a hero story that is more than the hero's journey? What the shit are you doing beyond just pandering for 300 pages and 100,000 words? What are you really trying to get at? Not trying to get at it as fast as possible so that you don't have to sweat it, but what are you producing that's going to fucking move somebody? Because I strongly doubt that anybody is going to go look at Fourth Wing and go, ah, yes, that is a book by which I can form a North Star to change the direction of my life because it has taught me something fundamentally unknown about human relationships. I understand that there's nothing new under the sun. I accept that there's nothing new under the sun and that we don't always want to reinvent the wheel. There's a million paintings and a million statues of humans and bipeds. But the point is in the craftsmanship and in the design and in the choice of how we represent the same thing over and over, fantasy novel, romance novel, sci-fi epic, whatever, what are you doing differently beyond the superficial oh well his name is you know darren he has stubble and abs and that's mikey he's a biker he only has stubble no abs no one gives a shit like that's not the point the point isn't to distinguish only at a token level the point is to say i'm an artist and i have a thing to say about human relationships i have a thing to say about dynamics i'm not just doing oh yet another bad boy who gets charmed by the plain boring girl you're, you're doing something. You're saying something. And you're really making an effort to write better. Really pushing your language skills. Really taking a look at things from 30 years ago that, you know, might be technically problematic, but at least advance your craft because that you're exposed to them. What are you doing beyond just, I'm making a cute little safe story that is, technically harmlessly inoffensive and is fairly bubblegum and is completely the same as 15 other stories on the shelf because you care more about, well, what sells as opposed to what you want to say. This needs to be about what you want to say, which means you need to learn how to have something to say. And just the particulars of your story, the particular conventions of your genre are not a thing you want to say. They are the vehicles through which you say something. What are you saying in your work? What are you pushing? What are you thinking? How are you trying to connect to other people beyond just description and beyond just showing off how imaginative you are? That is, is not so much the outright solution to the fast fashion approach to producing a thing for the machinery of algorithm and bookmaking to occupy our time and space while everybody just sort of faffs and fucks around, but it, it will certainly, absolutely make a difference. Give a shit. That's all I'm asking. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>